We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it over 25 minutes, all right? Welcome back, everybody, to the Underage Packers podcast. This is episode 101. I am one of your co-hosts, Joey, and joining me, as always, is my friend from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Big B. Big B, how are you surviving the offseason so far, my man? <sighs> one day at a time. One day at a time. I am already so sick and tired of the offseason. I've had enough mock drafts. I've had enough reading about the draft. Like, I'm just sick and tired of it. Like, let's get to the draft, and then let's fast forward to training camp, like, Mainly, I just want to be talking about football. Um, so we'll, we'll get there soon enough, though. Um, speaking of the draft, today we had Tyler Brook from Acme Packing Company. We talked to him a lot about the draft. Great guy. Great talk with Tyler. Um, so let's head right into it. On the flip side, me and Big B will be talking about a ton of other stuff. So make sure you tune in for that. Let's head right into it. We are now joined by the one and only Tyler Brook. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Uh, one and only Tyler Brook is probably accurate, but if we're talking Packers Twitter, there are many Tylers I've noticed. Uh, there is joined. Yeah, there. I actually work with somebody whose name is Tyler Brooks. So you know, <laughs> I get called Brooks all the time. I'm a man of many nicknames, uh, mostly Brookie, but I go by Brooks oh. at work for some reason. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign is one, which is because of Tyler. Uh, TB. So I've got I've been called tuberculosis before. Oh, uh, we got we got all kinds of nicknames over here. I see. I, I like uh, Ty Dolla Sign. I might have to go with that now. <laughs> uh, so Ty Dolla Sign, uh, can you tell us? I mean, you, you're a busy man. You do a lot of stuff, uh, content creation wise. So just tell the people, let them know uh, where they can find you and what you do online. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate the plug on the front end. That's great. Um, Tyler D. Brook, uh, B-R-O-O-K-E. That's why they call me Brookie. So Tyler D. Brook on Twitter. Uh, big thing. Only thing I really want to plug is the book. Uh, co-authoring The Science of Football with Will Carroll, uh, forward by Peter King. Um, just an awesome book that we've been working on as far as, you know, what are some of the scientific processes that go on behind the scenes in football? Um, it's Adam Schefter endorsed. So very oh, proud wow. of that one. Um, so, you know, we're working on getting some blurbs for the back cover Ed- edits are coming shortly. Uh, it'll be out in September, but you can pre-order it, you know, anywhere you buy books. And, um, that's, yeah, that's the main thing I'm trying to plug right now. Awesome. I mean, we were at the Cheesehead TV meetup in Indianapolis, uh, the day before the combine and it was my birthday. So we were both there and like, like, you were telling the whole table about your book, you know, getting that plug in. And my dad is on Amazon as you are talking and then shows me <laughs> that he pre-ordered it. So yeah, that was I'm fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I know big B has a pre-ordered too. Uh, so I'm excited to uh, read and learn some more about the sport. Yeah. Uh, it, I've never written a book before. It's been a life mm-hmm. goal of mine. And 
I'm glad that it was due during the winter when I couldn't go out anyway, because I was pretty much a hermit for like two months, just uh, <laughs> interviews, writing, got to talk to a lot of really cool people, including um, Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns. Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry, we're a Packers podcast here, right? So <laughs> former Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin Badger, Joe Thomas. There we go. <laughs> of course. Uh, I have promised Big B for like two or three years now that one day I'm going to write a book about coaching connections. Uh, so we'll see if I ever get to that. I applaud you though, Tyler, for just being able to work yourself up though to write more than one page. <laughs> I have a Google Doc with I, the introduction to my book though ready. There you go. Fortunately, I only had to write half. Will was a phenomenal co-author. I've worked with him, you know, since I started at Bleach Report. When I was your guys' age, <laughs> so way back in the day. Uh, so he was a phenomenal co-author. So half a book was still a lot. Um, and he's like, hey, do you want to write one like on the science of like racing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. You need to give me a little time. Are you actually interested in racing or is that did he just throw that at you? Uh, he threw it at me just because I started watching a uh, drive to survive on Netflix, the formula one show. And now I've decided with football gone to make formula one part of my personality. Um, so all my friends and I are trying to plan a trip to Vegas in 2023 when it comes, uh, comes out there in Thanksgiving, 2023. Uh, so he's like, Hey, you want to write about auto racing? And I'm like, it's heresy. I've never auto racing and i'm from indianapolis indiana home of the indy 500 and i hate the indy 500 so people get very very mad at me for that take so i don't know if i'm the qualified person to write about this i think i would upset a lot of people Uh, yeah i I think so i i think the the racing community if that exists would be uh, upset if a football homer uh was writing their book exactly exactly Uh, Speaking about football, let's talk about the draft. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but the NFL draft is happening the end of this month uh, with the Packers holding the 22nd and 28th pick. And this is the main reason we brought Tyler on, because as people in the comments of both mine and Big B's uh, mock draft videos will tell you, we know very little about the draft. So we want to hear we want to get some educated thoughts about the draft. So uh, we will ask you specific questions, though, instead of just telling uh, having you spew out your thoughts about the draft. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so starting off, obviously the big buzz as it has been the past two years for the Packers has been, are they going to take a wide receiver in the first round? Uh, obviously having the extra draft capital from Devontae helps them. And there's also a lot of number of other things shaken up as well in the draft. You see the Saints just traded with the Eagles uh, up in the first round, so they're potentially looking at taking a wide receiver, stealing one from the Packers. Uh, and it seems like the Packers have been trying to get their hands on a wide receiver over the past two years, but the opportunity just did not arise for them. The right situation did not happen. They took Amari Rodgers in the third round last year, but they just were not able to get one they wanted at the position they thought it was worth. Um, so specifically names, Tyler, uh, what do you think – are some of the realistic names about uh, for the Packers to get at 22 or 28? And what are your overall thoughts about them? Yeah, it's a really good question. There are a lot of very good wide receivers in this class. And the interesting part, uh, interesting part, not fart. Wow, that's a that's a little slip. Yeah. Um, the interesting part about that, you know, they're all very bunched together as far as like, you know, my grades on evaluations. A lot of these are like top 15, top 20 guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
problem for the Packers, even though they got this extra pick with the Devontae Adams trade, is a lot of these teams in the high teens that are picking um, are probably going to try and make a run at wide receivers. You know, even doing mocks with like people who are, you know, covering specific teams, you see, even if you don't see a lot of wide receivers going early, if they're there in the high teens, that there's just going to be a run of them. So the question is, do the Packers trade up and get a wide receiver? Mark Murphy and, you know, the floor Gutekunst are all being very public. Like, you know, we have the ammo to go after a guy we like, whether that is making a trade or picking a guy. So as far as names, whether they do trade up or they stand pat, Chris Olave is one that you're going to hear a lot out of Ohio State. And the way to describe him is just smooth. Uh, just a very fast, very fluid route runner. He's worked on his craft a lot at Ohio State. Uh, for a guy, you know, of his talent to see him take the next step every year in college has been very impressive. Problem with him, I know the Eagles are enamored with him. There are a couple teams like we just talked about in the high teens that are probably going to try and make a run at him. That's a scenario where, you know, Packers fans who really love Olave, and I know there's a lot of them, that's a scenario where you might have to trade up. Another guy is interesting is Jamison Williams out of Alabama, just a true speedster. You know, if they're looking for that NVS replacement, but it's just pure speed. Um, he's a great opportunity to get a guy, depending on how medicals clear out with his torn ACL. I was unfortunately present at the national championship and saw oh, it happen. No. Every, it everyone in fault. the Yeah, it's my fault. Uh, very sad. I was very excited to see him play too. Uh, Everyone knew in the crowd immediately what had happened, but sounds like rehab's going really well. I saw a report that he expects to come back for training camp, which is just oh, wow. insane. The way ACLs are recovering at this point is honestly kind of incredible. Uh, he's an option. I think the problem is he's a little undersized. I think he's a blocker, but again, size is a bit of an issue. Um, Traylon Burks is probably my favorite option there uh, out of Arkansas. Um, everyone keeps saying Debo Samuel role, but I think, the way he operates is a little bit different. You know, he's a big body. You can plug and play him all over the offense, whether it is, you know, Arkansas used a lot of jet sweeps, screens, but he can also take the top offense as excellent contested catch ability. Uh, when I see him, I just think he's a guy that, you know, adds a lot of wrinkles to your offense, but can also be that outside threat. Uh, so he's one I'm very interested in. I'm probably higher on him than most. I do have a top 10 grade on Traylon Burks, but he is one of those guys because he didn't test that well um, at the combine uh, that people are a little bit concerned about how truly like what his upside really is. But I just think he's such a polished player uh, mm -hmm. and he will work his butt off. I don't know if we can curse on here. He will work his <laughs> butt off um, to, you know, run block, get dirty for his teammates. Very much appreciate that. And then the last guy we have to talk about him because he's all the rage on Packers Twitter right now. George Pickens out of Georgia, who just the first word that comes to your mind is bully. Um, loves to trash talk, loves to block, loves to get in defensive backs heads. Uh, but he's also very explosive, pretty crisp route runner. Uh, he can get deep. He's also six, three. And with the ball in his hands, it can be hard to bring down. Uh, very fun player. Um, all of these guys I think would be great. Even if it was, you know, some people think George Pickens is a second round guy because of his torn ACL. Any of these guys you pick at 22 or 28 at wideout, I think are, you know, great picks. It's just, do they want to try and trade up for a guy like Olave, maybe Burks, if there's an earlier run at wide receivers, or do they want to stand pat and maybe hope that, you know, Jamison Williams or, uh, or Burks or uh, Pickens are there uh, when they pick. Interesting. Uh, a lot of good names there. I think it will be specifically interesting to watch this year, how the Packers kind of value the wide receivers um, as I'd be very surprised if they come out of the first and second rounds without a wide receiver this year round, um, because typically over the past decade or so, they when it comes to wide receivers, they have a type. They like the tall, physical guys um, that are going to be able to play well in December. 
Uh, you know, you look at Jamon Moore, MBS, Equinemia St. Brown. Not all of those were successful, but those are all tall, lanky guys. Um, but when you're in the first round this year, I do think they might divert from that typical um, standard view they have on the wide receivers they'd like just because they might like a guy so much. And it will also kind of um, be conflicted that typical view of what they want in a wide receiver and what is the best fit for Matt LaFleur's offense um, because of the possible Debo Samuel role that everybody is going to be obsessed about finding somebody to fill that role on Matt LaFleur's version of the Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, So it will be interesting to see who they end up taking if they do end up taking a wide receiver and uh, kind of if it's different from what wide receiver the Packers typically take. I, I very strongly agree with, um, you know, Justice Mosqueda and I've had this conversation before felt like the main reason, especially in LaFleur's offense, that they want these like six foot plus 200 plus pound guys, um, you know, you're running a lot of outside zone with Aaron Jones, and then you're running a lot of screen game with Devante. So you need guys that are absolutely not only like blockers, but capable blockers with Devante gone. And now the emergence of AJ Dillon, where you can run a lot inside the tackles. Uh, that brings the question, like, do you really need to value size that much at wide receivers, especially when there's such a glaring need and you just need guys that can get open for Aaron Rodgers? And I think if that will tell us a lot about what the Packers are planning to do on if they do try and like go under those thresholds and they take an Olave or they take a Jamison Williams, that's where things get really interesting. Cause then I, I think that might be telling your hand a little bit. Of, hey, this offense might look a little bit different uh, in 2022. Yeah. And they, it will be interesting how they bring Amari Rogers along as well. Uh, and just also what they look like with their past catcher catchers um, going into the season, now losing um, Devonte and MVS. Um, so yeah, really excited to see that. Yeah. Uh, pressures on Amari. Rogers. Um, you know, wide receivers in the past, including Devonte Adams, had a hard time coming out the first couple mm-hmm. years. And for Amari, he did not see the field a lot on offense. And when he did, he looked a little lost. Uh, an offseason could do a lot of good for him. Uh, when the ball's in his hands on an offense, you know, he's so low to the ground and he is pretty strong. Uh, he is a guy that I think can make a couple guys miss and make some plays. So very curious to see how they utilize him. I, I know they were they were hoping that he could fill kind of like that Tyler Irvin role last year. Uh, it didn't seem like he was ready for it. So fingers crossed on that. Um, you know, never count out anyone like Royce Newman, Amari Rogers, guys that may have like had lumps as rookies. Like, you know, you never know with the Packers. They're probably one of the best teams in the league at developing their guys. Absolutely. So now outside of wide receiver, what positions do you expect Packers to take on day one and day two? And what are some possible names to look out for? Love that question. Uh, You know, the big one I think has to be edge rusher. Hmm. I am surprised that Preston Smith came back, but I will say on record, thrilled he is back. I think that is a guy that does a lot that does not show up on the box score that is, you know, crucial for this offense. But at the same time, in today's NFL, you need two sets of healthy edge rushers. You know, the Packers had an opportunity with that when Zadarius and Merciless came back for that playoff game. Uh, But I don't think either of them were 100%. Uh, You need some depth there, especially with Merciless retiring Z gone. Uh, There's really not any other bodies that you can be very confident in. Better than Tipanali and uh, Jonathan Garvin? (laughs) Wasn't that fun to watch last year? 
You know, for Tifa, for how small he is, he does play pretty well, but you just functionally, it just doesn't work. Um, so edge rusher is a big one. The one uh, that we're very high on over at Acme Packing Company is George Karloftis out of Purdue. And let me tell you, as an Indiana Hoosier grad, to say nice things about a Purdue player can sometimes hurt does not with George Karloftis. That dude is a monster. You have functional size, strength, athleticism. He is a guy that can set the edge and get after a quarterback. I have no problem with the Packers taking him at 22 if he's there. Uh, I don't think he will be there. I'm not sure. I see a lot of divisive, you know, evaluations where Karloftis is, but I think there's enough teams before 22 that are going to see him and think of the value and take a swing at him. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State is another edge rusher I really like, Uh, you know, especially since you're probably not getting any of these top tier guys at this point. Um. You know, he has a great inside move when he cuts. The first time I noticed him was I was watching the Ohio State game, watching their wide receivers. And then I was like, who is the 17 for Penn State? Like, he's making a lot of plays. So, you know, you turn on the film on him, really high motor, um, just a phenomenal pass rusher. And he's got the strength to set the edge as well. If you're looking in round two, uh, you're probably looking at a guy like maybe Josh Pascal out of Kentucky, another big bodied guy, plays with a lot of strength and get off the line pretty well. Uh, and then another probably, you know, a lesser known name that I'm pretty high on is Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State. Uh, that's just a guy that his, his, the number one thing you watch is motor. Like he does not take plays off. He gets after it. Lo- he takes pride in stopping the run. Got to talk to him a bit at the combine. Uh, and he's like, mm-hmm. he's very passionate about that. Um, so those are some edge rushers. Don't be surprised if there's a, a tackle, that, you know, in, yes. in these early rounds that falls that they might take a swing on. Uh, I may not be as high on him as most, but if Trevor Penning is there out of Northern Iowa, um, I keep joking that if he's a bear, Packers fans are going to hate that. <laughs> yes. Because he plays very nasty. Uh, he loves throwing guys into the dirt, loves John at them. The problem is his hand placements all over the place. Um, another guy, Abraham Lucas out of Washington State's probably around two guy, uh, super athletic, you know, very smart, handles twists and stunts really well. Um, the problem here is you're looking at a right tackle is what does that mean for Elton Jenkins and his future? Right. Right. Understandably, I, I don't know his motivations personally, but that's a guy that probably wants to play tackle so that he can pay tackle money on a second contract. Right. Yeah. So if you draft one of these tackles, are you basically just, you know, accepting the fact that Elton's going to stay a guard. Um, and that's why you're probably hearing a lot more about maybe the Packers draft, you know, in classic Packers fashion, an undersized athletic tackle that can get kicked into guard. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of other positions, uh, you know, obviously wide receiver is going to be a big one, but I think edge and offensive linemen defensive lines tough. Cause there's just not a lot of great players outside of the top. So if a guy like Devonte Wyatt falls in the first round, maybe they take a swing at him, uh, back to tackle the one that like a crazy trade scenario where I, you know, I wouldn't hate it if the Packers made a run Charles cross at a Mississippi state. I have him as my top ranked tackle right now. Um, but there are some teams that aren't nearly as high on him. And I, you know, I just can't figure out why he was a five-star athlete out of high school, uh, just tremendous pass protector. You know, he's got, you know, everyone criticizes his run blocking because he played under Mike Leach and there's just not a lot of opportunities to run block, but when he was there, he was doing well. Um, so if he falls outside of the top 10 would not be a guy I hate trading up. Uh, but yeah, I think offensive line, defensive line, um, edge rusher, probably the big ones, most notably edge. Yeah, I know if the Packers come out of round one with a offensive tackle and a uh, edge rusher, Packers Twitter will be furious, and I would very much look forward to that. Uh, there's there's yeah. a very real scenario. Uh, they don't take a wide receiver on Thursday, but they take one on Friday. But that 24 hours in between is going to be electric on Twitter. Exactly. Like, 
the night before and the morning of the draft, just like, I mean, especially the morning after, because you just stayed up to like 11, having a bunch of uh, pizza and wings and watching Roger Goodell say names like that morning after and the hangover of it. I, yep. I guess assume that's a mini hangover. Uh, and you know, <laughs> you're just taking in all of the articles, all of the reactionary takes from Twitter. It's, it's a fun time, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The draft's my favorite time of the year. Um, nothing will ever beat 2020, though. You know, obviously the oh, pandemic no. and everything was rough, but seeing Roger Goodell progressively get more and more drunk on his recliner to the point <laughs> of the end of the first day where he's just like fully, fully reclined. He's, he's not even hiding the whiskey him, anymore. M Ms. Yeah, it was. That was probably one of my favorite moments in draft history. Oh, also Bill Belichick's dog. That was. Just oh yes. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was unique. Uh, I hope it never has to happen again, but I'm glad we got to experience that part. They they did a phenomenal job setting. You know, everyone likes to bash ESPN because they're the kings of everything, right? But in the circumstances and what they did for the draft here, it was they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, in almost a short time, too, because, you know, it was like a month and two weeks when the whole world shut down and there was a lot of questions. And so uh, for them to be able to set that up, have cameras in every coaches and GM's house, and then also internally for the NFL to set up all those communications that usually happen all in one concentrated area is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so what, what position outside? So you're talking about those things. What position uh, would shock you for the Packers to take in round one? Maybe some underrated ones. Um, don't say quarterback. Uh, but Ah, dang, okay. Fullback, let's go. Fullback, yeah. there we go. <laughs> something of in the realm of uh, like safety, slot safety, uh, something like that that I think many Packers fans would be shocked by. I was actually going to say slot safety. Um, you know, we saw, and I, I, hate to, I hate to be down on any player, but Henry Black slot safety that third slate safety was just rough right mm -hmm. um so you know they need a guy there that can replace them and at the same time if you're thinking big picture unfortunately it might also be a guy that needs to be jair alexander insurance right because mm. he you know we still don't have an extension at this point uh if he's gone after next year you're going to need a replacement just in the slot you know that can be versatile so there are a couple names late in the first round that are actually excellent value if they're, you know, depending on how much they value that. I actually was just talking about this before we hopped on. Um, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor is probably my favorite prospect in this class. Um, you know, he is older. He played at Baylor since Matt Rule was coaching there. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. But he was a Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year this year. You know, he does everything. Uh, but he's a menace in the backfield. And when I watch undersized but it just reminds me so much of a guy like um buddha baker or uh oh. yeah just one of these undersized guys that you know really found their role at the, the next level uh but the other name that we got to talk about if we're talking about slot cities is daxton hill out of michigan this was another like five-star high school recruit it was like one of michigan's top i think he's one of their top ever you know commits right oh, wow. um but he's just a super athletic slot guy that can play deep safety can play in the slot uh, can make plays in the backfield so guys that are extremely versatile and have a nose for the football. Um, I think Daxton Hill's probably the more gifted, but I think uh, Petrie's probably the more fearless uh, and has mm -hmm. a bit more of the intelligence uh, component behind him. But either one, honestly, great value in the first round. If they pick either of those at 28, I personally am thrilled. I don't think it happens because of how the Packers have historically valued those positions, but the fact that they already have three cornerbacks and an inside linebacker locked up right now under contract is yeah. mind-blowing. 
Yeah, the state of the Packers' defense for now and the future is you got to feel pretty good about it, uh, especially how they performed against San Francisco in the playoffs. And like you mentioned, they have just a lot of guys that are probably going to be on the team for the next few years. You just signed Devondre Campbell for the next five years, Russell Douglas for the next three, Eric Stokes for the next three at least, uh, and he has that fifth-year option possibly as well. Jair Alexander, hopefully an extension gets done soon. So uh, I know a lot of people would love to see the Packers continue to invest into that defense um, in this upcoming draft here. I mean, the defense is in phenomenal shape. You add you know, a couple pieces to the front, whether that's on D-line or edge, maybe you add another inside linebacker, add another secondary piece. Uh, this defense might be what carries them this season uh, as the offense is trying to figure out without Devontae. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about going back uh, to wide receivers and this offense and really just draft, draft in general about possibly trading up inside the first round or in the second. So, Big B, no softballs here for you. Uh, I want to ask you, what do you think Packers possibly – uh, trading up or down in the first round, do you think they should do it um, for either option? Yeah, pick 28, I definitely can see them trading back, especially if they think um, George Maybe Pickens. they should uh, – is there – Leo Chanel, he's from Wisconsin. He's not first-round value, is he? No. Okay. Yeah, down there. I, I was just going to make a stretch to a Wisconsin linebacker, and then possibly if there's a Washington cornerback out there, they could trade 28. But anyways, continue. <laughs> I was going to say, if they're not um, really high on George Pickens as a first-round pick, I def- definitely see them trading back a few spots and selecting him in the second round. And I wouldn't also, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade up in the first round, especially like Tyler mentioned, if they do like a wide receiver that they really, really love, they probably will trade up because they have so much ammo, especially with that extra fourth round pick. Right. And I think the Packers, as we've been talking about all offseason, they are in an interesting crosshair as far as where their team is right now. Losing Devontae, losing MVS, your offense is kind of in a, a place you don't want them to be. So trading away Devontae um, would be a sign that you're in rebuild. But the Packers aren't in rebuild. So they have to balance not only investing for the future because they don't know what that looks like as, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, but also making sure they are putting a team that is able to win a Super Bowl uh, in these next few years. So um, how they manage that with the draft will certainly be interesting to watch. Worth um, noting as far as late first round picks, uh, that fifth year option, it does play a factor in how they, you know, evaluate players, especially late in the first round. It's a very, you know, teams are a little hesitant about that because they don't want to deal with the fifth year option. And sure. that's why the Packers, you know, will often trade out of the back of the first round. They, like, basically, I don't want to deal with that. That sounds like a later problem. So let's find a guy that we can, you know, have a little bit, uh, control over and then work on a deal uh, instead of having that fifth year that's usually you know pretty hefty cap it fortunately there's a lot of good value and you know teams are gonna make stupid picks it happens every year um, mm-hmm. there's just teams that will you know they this isn't the best quarterback class uh, I think three go before the Packers pick um, the one I think is probably gonna have the best career uh, as long as he lands somewhere okay is Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati but yeah you're gonna have probably three guys uh, at quarterback 
you know, I've been trying to do the math. I've been counting like, all right, there's definitely three edge rushers going. There's definitely three quarterbacks going. These wide receivers are probably gone. Like what positions of value are going to be available there? So I keep going back to edge and wide receiver. Um, it's exciting, man, though. You know, I always say the draft is my favorite time of the year. Um, but the past two ruined with the, the Jordan Love pick. And then yep. Aaron Rodgers, the day of the draft, just saying, you know, I don't want to play in Green Bay anymore. So this has got to be the week of the year, man. This weekend's got to be fun. Four picks in the first two rounds. They have what? Yep. Trying to do the math real quick. Seven in the first four. Like that's all. Even if they don't pick with all those, uh, I think you can get yeah. some real value. Yeah, the Packers got to make it make it exciting this year for sure. Uh, I I just want to know the name. Like if I can by the middle of the first round still see a player that's like like yep i knew him i knew him i i read a little blurb on him in the draft guide so fantastic <laughs> that's the excitement for me I, i'd never go too far into it like uh like you tweeted the other day that uh watching youtube highlights doesn't count as scouting it's fun it's it fun yeah <laughs> but i'm not gonna pretend like i truly know anything too much about the draft so <laughs> Tyler, I appreciate you coming on and educating us about your knowledge here. Hey, man, I try my best. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, always a big fan of both of you. So just keep killing it and go Pack Go. Yes, we appreciate it. Uh, while we were recording this, apparently Adam Schefter is getting canceled. So uh, there's that. That was something to pay attention to. I shouldn't for. have mentioned him for the book plug, huh? <laughs> no, that was a really bad timing, I think. It's approved by someone else really important. Uh, there we go add, you, you can cut it out and then like add another name with like a voiceover like it's right. also endorsed by my matt lafleur <laughs> there we go nobody will be able to tell yeah perfect. all right i now feel so much more knowledgeable about the draft you know so many more names and hopefully you guys feel the same as well um, now, speaking about those wide receivers, including one that left us, Devontae Adams, we got some new info on his trade. Uh, apparently, he asked for a trade, respectfully, a few days after the combine. And the Packers, so the Packers were willing to go along with this because they knew that contract extension talks were not in a good place. So they were willing to go along with this. They were going to show respect to their franchise player. And they ended up trading him, but they were apparently looking for a player. They wanted a player in return, but the rules only allow when you are trading solely a tagged player, a franchise tagged player, the only thing you can get in return for him are draft picks or other players that are tagged. So Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, when they were reporting that possibly a premium player was included in this trade. They should have known the rules because you and I were sitting here looking like idiots on our live stream. You're like, maybe you'll trade for Darren Waller, but they literally couldn't. So that's fun. I mean, I will ask you though, Big B. I mean, we were kind of speculating about what this player could be, but now knowing that it was first second round draft pick included in that trade, who do you think the Packers were after? Um, until they found out they couldn't trade for him. Yeah, it's hard, hard to say since I don't really know exactly what the Raiders have on their roster. <laughs> yeah. And it's 
probably would be some player you never heard of and will become a star like Rasul Douglas or something. But, you know, Max Crosby would have been cool, <laughs> I guess. I mean, he would have. Uh, I don't know. That would be – Packers would almost have to throw something in there for a turn two. But yeah. it was Devontae Adams. who's He's, yeah. he's pretty freaking good at football. So uh, that would have been such a blockbuster. Yeah, Max Crosby would have been cool. Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro, offensive weapons would have been nice, but <laughs> the rules did not allow for that. So, speaking of the Packers front office, Mark Murphy, who I'm sure you've heard his name quite a bit in the past few years, he did an interview with our friend, friend of the show, Tom Grossi. Tom, every time he goes up there for Green Bay, it seems like Mark is just eager to do an interview with him. In fact, when I was with Tom, or no, um, when I was at training camp uh, last year, I saw Mark Murphy walking into Lambeau Field to do the interview with Tom. And I wish I would have said, tell Tom, Joey said hi. Because that would have been cool. Uh, but Mark gave me a nice wave. And I could have yelled something mean to him, could have criticized him in public, but I wasn't going to do that. I'm a nice guy, obviously. But anyways. Wait, Mark so you're telling Wait, so you're telling me if you weren't in public, you would say something mean to him? No, well, it's it's more so that I was pretty much stalking the Packers parking lot, you know, on that little rail over. He was just trying to get, you know, get out of his car and, like, get into the field. He doesn't need some, like, 16-year-old up there yelling at him. Like, you know, <laughs> if it was in private, like, you know, I was in the situation that Tom is in, Maybe I would ask him what gave him the idea to call Aaron Rodgers a complicated fella while he was debating if he wanted to return to the Packers or not. Even though that is a true statement, Aaron Rodgers very much is a complicated fella, but it's it's a PR war, you know, like let's let's not do that, Marky. Anyways, um, Mark in his interview with Tom, Tom, Tommy asked him about uh, Jordan Love and the situation with Aaron Rodgers. Because obviously many people are calling for Aaron Rod- or Jordan Love to be traded now that Aaron Rodgers is back on this long-term contract. And I found Mark's inter- answer very interesting. He said that Aaron is still playing at a high level right now. Uh, and Aaron said he wants to keep playing. But I think it's probably a year-by-year thing now. Uh, and Mark was also asked about Jordan Love in general. And he just said that basically he's got a little bit to go and they don't know exactly what they have in him. So they're going to give him this off season, give him this preseason and still wait it out. They're not eager to trade Jordan love, which is a good thing to find out. Um, but the, the thing that's interesting is that Mark himself is saying that it is a year by year thing. Now, basically with how the contract is structured, it's really only a one or two year commitment from the Packers, even though it lasts, Four years. So uh, while the Aaron Rodgers drama might be settled for now, a lot can change. And it will really be a yearly thing of do we want to get out of the situation now? Do we feel confident in Jordan Love this year? Do we feel confident that Aaron Rodgers is on a decline this year? Is it right now the time to move on from him a year too early rather than a year too late? So it is going to be your thing, your thing for the Packers themselves and also Aaron Rodgers if he's going to pull up Brett Favre and kind of play the media game of will I or will I not retire. 
So a few more years of Aaron Rodgers drama to look forward to. Hopefully a Super Bowl, at least one Super Bowl comes out of it, though. Okay, now, Big B, you had an interview with Tim Backus. You sat down with him. We're not really filled out answers on a Google Doc, but you chatted uh, about your Packers history. So uh, I recommend everybody to check that out. But Big B, can you give everybody a summary and just your overall thoughts and praise for Tim? Yeah, Tim did a fantastic job at the article. Definitely made it um, more interesting than my boring answers. But I just gave a little re- recap of my what everybody has done during my cancer diagnosis and as well as my history, of course, of being a Packers fan. So it was really fun to do. I really enjoyed it. I would definitely do it again if I got the opportunity to do it. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, Tim's series. Uh, I think it's called Packers Fans Origins. Um, really cool idea just because everybody has a story. Um especially on Packers Twitter and the connections we make. Everybody has a story, too, though, just on what it means to them, what it means to their family. Um, So, yeah, I think Tim did a great job. Um, Was interesting to find. I I even learned some stuff about you, including the fact that your first game was a preseason game. Uh, Mine was, too. Mine was against the Chiefs in 2012. And mine was against the Chiefs in 2014. Ah, I see. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, and like you said in the article, it, it was, like, surreal just to be at Lambeau Field, even though it was a preseason game. And I was, like, seven or eight years old, so I didn't really understand, you know, what was really happening. But it was still a lot of fun. So shout out to Tim for doing that. Now, uh, it is time for some cancelable Packers takes. If you guys are not on Twitter, there was a tweet going around uh, sometime this week of cancelable food takes where everybody was sharing their most controversial uh, food takes. So we at Underage Packers, we put out there on our Twitter account, follow us on there, by the way, to for people to post their cancelable Packers takes. And we got some interesting replies. And they were definitely cancelable. Some people weren't too controversial and were very bland in their answers, like some straightforward thing that I think isn't too controversial, but you know, that's whatever. But I have five that I wanted to highlight today. I want to hear your thoughts and then maybe we'll rank them from worst to best or agreeable to least agreeable. Um, You can survive or you need to be completely canceled and wipe off the face of the earth over a Packers take. (laughs) So let's start off here. We have this one from Mr. Benjamin Bacon. And he says that Brett Favre deserved another year after the NFC Championship loss in 2007. I am going to call bull crap on that one. You want to, like, look. Hold on. Brett Favre. I like, so I guess idea here is when Brett came running back to the Packers, initially after he came out of retirement and was like, oh, please take me back. And Ted Thompson said, no, we're already committed to Aaron at this point. You wanted Aaron to be delayed a year in development and like get that experience. I I can't say I agree with that. Yeah. And obviously, Brett, after that moment was not too 
pleased with the Packers. But who knows? We we aren't too familiar with the situation. But just from my knowledge on what the team was going through at that time, I would disagree with you and how Brett was playing in 2007, uh, even though it was one of his best statistical years. Uh, next up, we have from the very own, we were just talking about Tim Backus, who says the Packers are wasting Royce Newman's hair's prime. And that is completely true. I mean, I, Big B, you are in the prime of your hair moment right now. I feel bad for our audio listeners who don't get to experience this, this look you got going on, man. I love the headband and everything. It's, it's perfect. Yes. Been, been trying to grow it out ever since I lost it. So I think it's coming in nice. It, it is. Um, you know, I maybe not go Royce Newman level with it. Maybe keep that to Royce and Kurt Ben Kurt. Uh, but I completely agree with Tim here. Um, he is right up there with Clay Matthews and shoot, who else? Yeah, Clay Matthews, David Bakhtiari, obviously. Kurt Ben Kurt back in the early training camp days. Roy, Royce Newman is making his name up there, I'd say. And no, well, is. and then also a, a good candidate for that would be like I want to say 2006 Aaron Rodgers when he had that whole long thing here going. Uh, and and this day I don't I don't know if I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers' long hair, but hey, man. Oh, okay, that's where we're gonna have a problem here. All right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, moving on, Kylie May says, and I'm pretty sure this is satirical. Kylie is uh, a pretty active follower, follower of us, so we appreciate her support. But I love this. She says, let's hear Greg Jennings out. <laughs> That's a good one, Kylie. Like, there's, to a certain extent, if Greg Jennings, Andrew Michael Finley weren't going on TV all the time, every offseason when they got the opportunity, every time Aaron Rodgers loses the playoff game to bash him. Maybe, maybe I, I would agree with the fact that like sometimes Aaron didn't treat Greg Jennings or Jim Michael Finley as um, as well as he should have. But there are attacks that he's a bad leader or a bad person in general. Nah. But once again, I'm pretty sure Kylie is being funny. And it is a good joke. Yes. Uh, now, this one, I am actually, I want to spark a conversation here, Big B. We are going to start a dialogue, as that one meme with Charles Barkley says. We are going to start a dialogue from this cancelable take from Scungerly Man, who says that Jordan Love, in the divisional game versus San Fran, would have won the game. Thoughts? Oh my. Um, you know? You know? That's tough. I want to say I agree, but then it's like, I don't think Jordan Love's going to win that game for us. I, yeah, it is one of those that you're like, I'm sure there's probably people thinking we're insane right now. It is one of those where you're like, when you first were, you're like, no. Absolutely not. But then you're like, eh. So it's like that meme where the girl um, from TikTok is, you know, like she's trying something at first. She's like, oh, and then like a few seconds, she's like, hmm. She's like, you know, you're going back and forth. The answer yeah. is no. I don't think he wins the game. But no, I don't think he wins the game. 
it's it would be interesting though like i i get what he's saying though you know if jordan love plays his best game unprepared and really cold weather like the easy solution would just be to run the ball more but yes and you know be competent on special teams but you know um our final one here is from account big packers 4x who says the packers should have kept jamal williams over Aaron. okay i am not sure who this guy is but that has to be one of the most like i that that's a bad take i mean big b do you have any thoughts on that um whoever it is is um a very smart man i definitely agree with him that is Mm. a great take um he is very very smart and i bet he has great hair as well i see yes interesting okay all right good to know good to know your thoughts on that one yes that's all we have for you on this episode of the underage packers podcast we thank you so much for tuning in today and we thank you uh we thank tyler brooke for joining us today here on the pod uh make sure to follow us on all the social medias by tyler's book the science of football pre-order it now on amazon make sure you get that settled uh and we'll talk to you later as always go pack go mm-hmm.